Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Lead Up Podcast. I am very, very excited for today. I have an amazing guest that I will get to shortly. But as always, want to give a special shout out to uh, Darling New Media, Sacramento's premier podcast studios, here to help tell your story. Uh, they are located in Midtown Sacramento. Make sure to check them out, darlingnewmedia.com. Um, and I can't forget about you listening to the podcast, watching if you're at the gym, in your car, uh, sharing this with a friend. Uh, just really appreciate it. I've been getting a lot of great positive feedback about the content, so really, really excited. Um, and without further ado, I want to introduce not only someone that I've had the pleasure to get to know in the past year, um, and has become a friend, a colleague, peer, I, I would say in some ways a mentor, um, Courtney Beal. I met Courtney, man, was this last year sometime a year ago? Uh, it's, kind of a, so. it's kind of a blur with all the, the NELP timeline, but uh, we had the privilege of, of being a part of a fellowship program called NELP. Shout out to Class 12, don't sleep on us. <laughs> and uh, one of my cohort members was Courtney Beal. So wanna welcome you officially to the Leader Podcast, Courtney. Thank you so much, Nato. I appreciate it. I'm super happy to be here and support you and all of your endeavors because you're killing it out here in the game. I appreciate, I it. appreciate it. I appreciate you. Um, first and uh, foremost, let's let's get a little bit more about who is Courtney Beal, about you know your role, what you do professionally. I know you wear many hats and in and out of work, but uh, just a little bit more about you know your story, your background, anything you're willing to share with the people. Sure. So who is Courtney Beal? I guess long story short i would say it's complicated that's definitely how i would describe it <laughs> but um yeah you know i am you know courtney bill i'm born and raised in mississippi so i always like to claim my country roots you know i'm a mother of four daughters i just got the privilege and blessing of having a baby granddaughter added to my lineage and she's two months old and i love her to death um professionally i am a senior DEI, which is Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Analyst for SMUD, and I've been with SMUD for, I believe, 18, 19 years now or something along those lines. Amazing. Um, and one thing I did want to touch on about DEI, something I know uh, not only you work and do that professionally, but something you are passionate about and, uh, and it's something in some ways like a hot topic recently, especially mm -hmm. uh, in the past two years. I know it's even probably longer, but more recently because of uh, during COVID, people leaving, and just this really this movement, I would say, um, and commitment to to provide diversity and inclusion in the workplaces. So, uh, real quick, if you could share with like what, how would you define DEI, and like what exactly is it? What does that mean? So beyond beyond um, Merriam-Webster's dictionary, <laughs> you know, um, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion be, would be described as inclusivity you know, as inclusivity or, you know, equitable access and being sure that everyone has a seat at the table, that we all belong. Um, I describe that as righting wrongs is how mm. I describe DEI. Um, there has been a culture of alienation or exclusion um, throughout our history as a country. And so, um, as you stated, within the last two years, it was as a result of Joyce Floyd's murder, there has been an increased focus on really making sure that DEI gets entrenched into um, all parts of everything, whether that be from um, work lives, work lives to doctor's offices, right? Ensuring that everybody has access and that everybody is treated in a way that's best for them. So um, that I'm about that DEI life, not all. Yeah, no, for sure. And I definitely uh, got to 
learn more about that through our journey together in our cohort. But as you mentioned, a lot of from your experience at work, um, even from just your own personal story, uh, I guess like to put on my uh, Scott Syfax hat, like sure. how would you, what would you say in terms of uh, for those that some would say, like, why is it even important right now? Why, why is it something worth kind of even pushing towards in our workplaces? Again, it's something that I constantly hear more. There's more uh, recruiters and people put, you know, pushing in different workplaces. Some, you know, I would say authentic and some more just like mm -hmm. this is just for show. Right. Sure. As you as you may already know that already. But again, kind of that question that you may hear from folks, like, why is it even important? Why should we even consider something like this right now in our in our lives? Sure. So DEI is, is overdue. It's past due. Um, you know, kind of the the lines have been set or the rules have been established. Laws have been written. Minimum qualifications were cre um, created to a to apply to a, a demographic that already has access they've are they're already at the starting line and so now they can just win the race whereas there's some people that are not even at the starting line yet we you know we need assistance or you know that that kind of handout to get us to the starting line before we can even begin because everybody is not coming from that um leave it to beaver household <laughs> right where you have two parents you know you have a job, you have a caretaker, you have someone that's, you know, assisting you along the way. Um, unfortunately, that's not everyone's story. And yeah. it doesn't mean that people in the category of the, the, so the haves have it, the haves not, it doesn't mean that the have nots are not capable of completing the, the race. It just means they may have started a lot further behind, mm -hmm. you know, than the have, which was what these rules were established for. And so it's an opportunity for us to ensure that everybody you know just has a chance Li mm -hmm. literally paying attention to not just what you think they need but having a conversation to find out what are your what what do you need what disadvantages are you faced with what challenges do you you know face and and how can we help you move yeah. past that how can we help you to get to where you aspire to be not mm -hmm. to where our rules you know deemed you as necessary to be or this is your place but what is it that you desire and how can we as a as a country help you get there so you know yeah that's no, that's really what the bottom line mission for me as it relates to dei um, yeah. is about that's great and, and, and on a practical level too because i you know something that i'm passionate about is you know helping young people uh not even just at work but outside of work and young professionals because there's a lot of things that you know i wish i knew or the things yeah. I know now, it's like I want to be able to set other people up for success and, and not have to go through some of the things that we may have experienced or yeah. other people, you know, their, their parents. Right. Um, and on a practical level, what, what does that look like? <clears throat> and I'm going to say this like in two ways, someone that um, maybe in, in a leadership position or has influence on how to advocate for kind of looking for areas to, and to, to improve, but also mm -hmm. in the area of like, okay, I'm an employee. I'm kind of just starting out here. I don't want to, you know, rub, uh, rub, you know, uh, sure. ruffle any feathers, but how can I still advocate for myself in a place where maybe in, uh, equity and inclusion and diversity is, is not the norm? Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying? How can I use my voice to really advocate for, for DI uh, in my workplace? I would say to advocate for yourself to get involved you know, because where we kind of um, 
discredit our stories is we don't share them. And we may not share them for a multitude of reasons. It could be because we're embarrassed, we're ashamed, or as you stated, we just want to stay under the radar, right? Because I don't know about you, but my family taught me if you get a good job, don't mm -hmm. mess it up, <laughs> right? right? Once you get that good job, you know, do what you got to do to stay there. And a lot of times that means sit down and shut up, do your job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's it. But what I would encourage, you know, any young professional, no matter if they're a young professional or they're seasoned, right? Right. Is yep. to use your voice. And so a lot of times organizations are creating what we they may call affinity groups. They may call employee resource groups. They may just have um, listening sessions, whatever it is that your employer has. Take that as an opportunity to really talk to leadership mm. about what it is your experience is with their organization. And then not just come with the problem, but then bring a recommendation for how that could be, how you foresee that being better mm -hmm. and, and really carry that out. You know what I mean? And just continue to share your story, your experience and ways that that could be mitigated. Yeah. Um, I think that would be, you know, an important step for, for anyone new to the workforce or seasoned to the workforce and just, you know, ready to tell their story, just get yeah. out there and tell it, be in those spaces. That's, and I love that you mentioned voice because, you know, when it comes to your voice, it was something that was, you know, when you spoke, we heard, right? And, you know, if we push back, you made sure to let it be known, like, I'm not here to mess around, as you, you kind of put it earlier, but, um, gosh, uh, voice. Um, when having those conversations, you know, I'm, again, DEI is something that's more prevalent and kind of like in headlines a lot more these days. Um, you know, I can imagine it's not one of those, oh yeah, let's just accept everything, make all the changes, right? Like change is hard, right? Change and hard. and it takes and it takes time. And I'm curious to I don't know if kind of putting you on the spot, but uh can you recall any any like uh moments or experiences where there was you were trying to make a change or you were part of a change like in the process, but there was a lot of pushback. Like what did you learn from those experiences? And you know, would you have done anything different now knowing what you know? Um does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. I can, I, there's <laughs> been limited, you know, limitless times that I could say, you know, yeah, that those have been difficult choices that I have made. Um, for me personally, um, when I felt that I, when the converse, when the question was asked of me, mm -hmm. I felt that my duty and responsibility, my obligation to answer that in a way that was reflective of not just my experience, but those that look like me, those yeah. that have a shared challenge and don't have a seat at the table, right? Yeah. I'm at the table, but mm -hmm. I know just from in my family alone, right? My direct relatives, I know people that do not have a seat at the table. And so mm. it's always important for me. I feel like it's my responsibility to speak for them. I feel like I've been gifted with um, the wherewithal for lack of a better word to yeah to um i've been placed in these positions for a reason and mm -hmm. honestly renato it's not what i do is not about me it's about the next generation yeah. because honestly i don't know that there's going to be significant change systemic mm -hmm. change while i'm in the workforce i don't plan on being in the workforce uh for <laughs> much longer and if i win the lottery i'm getting out even sooner. <laughs> right. but you know, while I'm here, I want to make sure that I am changing policies, yeah. right? I'm creating opportunities so that the next generation will not have to face that same adversity. And I guess to bring it back to your question about what could I do differently, 
I would say that I wish that I would have spoken up sooner. Mm. But I was a I was a product of my environment. Like I said earlier, sit down, shut up, do your job. Mm-hmm. You know, my mama said, you got a good job, don't mess it up. And so <laughs> for the first, I don't know, 15 years of my career, that's that's what mm. I live by. And wow. I didn't I didn't initiate many conversations outside of my particular business unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but once our executive leadership started to ask the question, then I was willing to give them the answer. And mm. I recall the circumstance where, you know, our chief executive officer at that time said, why didn't you tell us? Wow. And, my, and I simply answered, because you didn't ask. Mm. As simple as that. But then when they asked. Yeah, right. The, the, door, the door was open. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Again, I, you know, someone like me where I got to, again, bring it back to our experience with a group of, you know, amazing individuals in different places and different fields. Um, I got to really soak up kind of wisdom and information, like things that I may have noticed or may have felt, uh, but I couldn't really, you know, point out what, what is it? Uh, is it, it wasn't until like, you know, we started reading books and, and having those yeah. com- like really hard conversations to really be like, yeah. okay, I can do better. I can do a little bit more. I can do things differently. Uh, or when people present the opportunity to ask or, you know, get my opinion to give it right. Yeah. Um, and to be prepared, because I think there's going to be many moments where we can, you know, again, I think many people have, they have experienced this where you can choose one path to be, you know, to, to your point, be comfortable, you know, let, uh, right. Whatever, whatever we've done for the past X years, like we're going to keep it that way. Or we have an opportunity to like, hey, have we considered this? Have we thought about how this might impact long term? Sure. Right. I'm thinking about the next generation. So thank you for, for naming that. Um, kind of like a follow up, you know, talking about, you know, these challenging moments. Like what, what inspires you in, you know, in those moments where you, know, you're, you have seasons or maybe tough coworkers or just kind of like you're trying to process through something that is very difficult uh, in your, in your like scope of work, like what inspires you to keep going? Um, what, what inspires me to keep going? Because I believe that change is possible. Hmm. Um, and, and that's just my bottom line, even in spite of the controversy, in spite of the hardships, in spite of, you know, roadblocks and failure where in spite of being hurt, in every situation, I believe that hope is still available to mm-hmm. those that, you know, to those that are avail themselves to it. And so, you know, that one of the things that we did in NELP was our value statements, you know, mm-hmm. and my value state statement includes still to this day being providing, offering hope to the despondent. And if, if there's any way that I can offer hope, then that's what I'm willing to do. And then even when I'm in my own crises, my own personal crisis, whether they be in my personal life or my professional life, I believe that a change is going to come. Shout out to Sam Cook. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely, I'm yeah. completely rooted and grounded. And that has a lot to do with my um, faith. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I often reflect back on where I came from and where I am as yeah. a as an example, a very tangible example of wow, I really did make it through. And yeah. so I continue to strive in spite of, because I believe even if it is not immediate gratification, mm-hmm. that if you just keep pushing and keep, like Dory says, you just keep swimming <laughs> and keep swimming and, yeah. and it's going to open up an opportunity. And, and again, the big picture for me is 
I'm more focused on that opportunity being available for the next generation because yeah. again, I'm raising four daughters and right. now I, I have a granddaughter and I need them to be able to walk that out. And so for me, I'm kicking down the door so that they can follow, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And they won't have the same adversities, mm -hmm. you know, that I faced. And so that's where I, you know, kind of put my goal mark. Somebody after me is going to benefit from mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Even if I'm not a direct recipient of it right now, mm -hmm. it's going to change for the future. I love that. Uh, kind of on that same note, as you've just been sharing about uh, your work and your family, as you even you've been at SMUD for a long time now, uh, not to not to not to emphasize the long time because she still looks young as, no, as she does. Right. right? She's right. the youngest grandmother that I know. Um, <laughs> but as you've moved up right into a senior position and you've expanded your family, right? How do you continue to develop and grow as a leader? I think many times I've noticed personally, you know, sometimes folks that uh, they want to stay stagnant, right? They just do it, you know, do enough to get by, do, you know, um, you know, just to like, okay, I did what I have to do. Maybe I didn't get it done, but, you know, I think there was something different, not only about you, yourself, but the people that we've got to be around where they continue to grow, they continue to sharpen, yeah. to add tools to their tool belt. So I'm curious to hear more about like, how do you continue to stay sharp and kind of keep developing as a leader? Sure. For one, I'm motiv motivated by being an example. Because like I said, even within my own family, I know that sometimes a lot of people, you know, we can easily become a victim of our environment. And so we just shut down our expectation as to it's going to get better or we can't achieve success. And so for me, um, you know, I don't know. what I think it's just it's. I don't know. I'll say it like this. It's a gift. It's a blessing that I've been given to want more. Mm. And so I'm always one that's motivated by self-improvement, self-development. I don't know how many times I've used our um, employee assistance program for counseling. Yeah. You know, my personal benefits at work that my job provides me through Kaiser. You know, I'm looking for, I'm, you know, how can I do it differently? And mm. so I'm one that's going to go to the Goodwill, shout out the Goodwill, to the <laughs> right. parent section for the books, right? And I'm going to look for those self-development tools, right? I'm mm. going to get on Google or Pinterest or YouTube, and I'm going to find motivational videos because I don't have direct access to, I don't have a living example in my gotcha. immediate, you know, wow. present of what I want to see, but I know that it's there and books have always been that for me. Yeah. So as a young child... I used reading as my, um, it was almost as my clutch. It's the thing that I held on to that gave me hope. And when I read about it on these pages, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that life is possible. It's not that I just see it on TV because mm -hmm. my environment looked completely 100% different. Yeah. My environment was one of chaos and just complete foolishness. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> because I placed, I kept myself in, in a book, or something along those lines, I had, it It goes back to that hope that yeah. I'm still standing strong on. And so I just continue to say, okay, Courtney, what do you have responsibility for in this situation? And mm -hmm. how can you fix it? How can you do it better? Because I'm not perfect in any way. And because I'm not perfect, I don't have an expectation for anybody else around me to be perfect. Yeah. But because I have the mindset and the motivation to make it better, I take it as my responsibility to go out and get the information that I need. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, kind of going back to something you said earlier, um, 
something you you were wishing that you had spoken up sooner. Uh, mm -hmm. And I want to kind of tell you more about like in regards to leadership, because again, there, sure. it's kind of hindsight of, um, you know, as we kind of go through life, we kind of look back or be like, man, if I, had, if I did what I knew now, right, I could, you know, but I'm curious, like, what is something you wish someone had told you when it comes to leadership and how maybe you operate day to day and kind of your own philosophy? Like, what is something you wish they had told you in the past? I wish that those around me had told me that my voice matters. Hmm. Although I've been in, um, you know, in the organization for a very long time, I did not know that what I had to say mattered. And I would say until recent years, and I encountered a leader um, through a training opportunity that I, you know, had signed up for. And they said, what do you have to say? You know, what is it? And when you mm. say it, it's important. And then I also want to give a shout out to one of our colleagues, Dr. John Wedding. Hey, he, shout out to Dr. John Wedding. Dr. John Wedding. That's my ace boom. <laughs> so we're on the team together. And so being a doctorate of education, right, with all his accolades, all his success, you know, his mom is a game changer in the industry. But he took the time to tell me, Courtney, what do you have to say matters? And I believe in you mm. and I want to hear more. And, and share more. I encourage you because it makes a difference. And wow. I didn't know that. I really, I, I'm, I promise you that I wasn't really aware that um, what I had to say mattered until recent years. Wow. So that I wish that I had known sooner. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, and you've been doing it very well, at least from, you know, again, I haven't known you too long, but from the time that we've met and been able to to grow this friendship you've definitely used that voice and i it inspires me and motivates me to use my voice a little bit more often i think i remember one time i tried to push back in <laughs> in a in a seminar we had and you came right back at me i was like okay i tried it i tried it but <laughs> didn't didn't work out too well but it's it's all that was part of my own development in my well, own if journey. i if i stepped on your toes my bad not no, on my bad right. Hey, other people had it worse. So I, I felt I, I survived. I survived. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. A lot of, a lot of inside stuff in there that you all can't yeah. get. So sure. um, um, a couple more questions here. And then I got the, the lightning round segment, which is one of my okay. favorite segments here. Um, but uh, I'm curious to hear maybe also uh, what is next for you? I, I, I know you, if there are more things that you're adding to your plate, whether it's, you know, your, your family or your work life or other endeavors, I'm curious, like, what is for the next venture or endeavor or something that you're exploring in your own leadership journey? So what's next for me and what I'm working on now is matriculating through my educational journey. Um, I'm one that I am here. I am a seasoned professional and I did not have the opportunity to get a degree because mm. I became a, a mom young. I was a mom at 17. You know, my focus was to get a job that had benefits that I can work. And I had soccer, I had after school programs, I had all of these things. And so even though I've always felt that that's something that I wanted and something that was possible for me, um, I just didn't have time. I didn't have time to go to a brick and mortar school because I didn't have a babysitter. You know what I mean? I didn't have, you know, the resources that I needed. And so, um, you know, I'm, I, a lot of times I'm embarrassed about that, but I'm like, forget it. I don't care. I'm over 40 and I'm mm -hmm. just now you know, enrolled in a BA program. Hmm. And so I have a desire, you know, to, um, to achieve my degree. That's just very important to me. And even though I'm behind, I'm, it's not too late. And so I would encourage anybody that has that aspiration, no matter what it is, 
no matter how late in the game you are coming to the table, mm -hmm. just get to the table and keep pushing. And I'm struggling with that. I'm telling you a lot of times because <laughs> whew, when I was in school, it was writing down on a piece of paper. You had to do this. And so yeah. learning these reading strategies and all of these other things, time management for sure. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, my brain's blowing up right now. But I want to have some initials behind my name for me, yeah. not because I need to prove something to the world or mm -hmm. anybody else, but because I, I, it's important for me. I know that I am capable and I, and I want to, and I want to see that thing through for me. I really yeah. want to see it through for me and then show that to my daughters as well. That's amazing. I love that little hope message as well. That's something I was going to ask you, but you, you already answered it. So um, one last question here before moving to the lightning round, what would you say is some practical or some practical advice that you would give and share with others that can help them lead up? I know you just talked about, you know, um, if they maybe are embarrassed, maybe they're starting behind or, you know, maybe late on their educational journey or whatever it may be, right? X, Y, Z. What's some practical advice that they can do after they listen to this, watch this, they can go and be like, all right, I could take this next step. Um, overcome that fear, that fear of the, 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 what, what ifs have in the negative aspect. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes for me. That's what it took for me. That's what still takes for me. <laughs> um, just doing whatever you have to do to tell yourself, whether that's a, vision board i'm a i'm a fan of big vision boards i have a thousand post-it notes around my desk <laughs> you know encouraging myself you know my faith really drives me but you finding out what you need to overcome fear because that fear is what for me has kept me kept me stagnant and kept me from achieving some of my goals sooner but just figuring out what you need to do to overcome that fear of getting started and then just take that one step my mentor through nelp actually told me take make sweet sweet small goals not mm. looking at what's going to happen in four years but calling that that um educational counselor yeah as your first step you know calling the employee resource or the employee and uh, tuition reimbursement at your job just one step at a time small yeah. sweet goals and accomplishing that. that so that you can look back and see that you did it and that mm -hmm. continues to drive and motivate you to keep going through that next step. I love that. So you said sweet small goals or yes, sweet small good. goals. I love that. That's very practical. And I definitely, definitely encourage people to take upon that. All right. Lightning round time. Are you ready for the lightning round, Courtney? These are questions that I did not share with you beforehand. So okay. it's just the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Just a set of questions and we will land the plane. So are you ready for the lightning round? Got it. I'm ready. Okay. All right. First one's pretty easy. Favorite dessert? Red velvet cake. Morning person or night owl? Morning for sure. Your favorite music artist? Bonnie James. Aha. We're curious because I thought you were going to say Mary J. Blige. Maybe she's just a top artist. Where's, where does Mary fall into that? Mary is, Mary is right here. Mary, okay. Literally. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one. Burgers or pizza? Burgers. A pet peeve of yours? <laughs> Pushing the shopping cart back to the actual designated place. <laughs> you, that's a pet peeve of yours? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right, next one. In your high school yearbook, you were most likely to... 
succeed. I like that. Mm -hmm. Artist or song that is currently on repeat. Okay, so you brought up Mary J, and I'm going to go back to her tried and true, just fine. I clean my kitchen to that on most days. <laughs> I rock out to that on the drive to, to take my daughter to school, Yeah, you know, whatever it is. Just fine, Mary J. Love that. Something that most people wouldn't know about you. I'm scared. Mm. Best advice someone has given you? Do it anyway. Love that. Worst nickname given to you? Hotbox. <laughs> um, we're going to leave it at that. We're going to leave, leave it at that. At that. Uh, biggest lesson you learned so far in 2022? It's going to be okay. Last but not least, this is a finish the statement. Every leader needs what? someone to look up to there you go every leader needs someone to look up to and i look up to you cb courtney beal thank you so much for spending your time and energy with us on the lead up podcast thank you all for tuning in we'll catch you all on the next episode peace appreciate you